This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. My goodness, what a night, what a ball game, what a finish. A dramatic overtime walk-off touchdown from Tom Brady to Brashad Perriman has ended a wild Sunday night football game against the Buffalo Bills has given the Buccaneers a four-game win streak, has given the Buccaneers a 10-3 record, and has given us a happy Nothing But Bucks podcast. It is good to be back with you. I am merely the somewhat capable, somewhat rested host. Who could go to bed on Sunday night after that game, that finish, that atmosphere, that roaring crowd at Raymond James Stadium? When it looked bleak for a little while with the Buffalo Bills mounting a furious comeback, but in the end, the Buccaneers made the plays they had to make, including Brashad Perriman, a guy that wasn't even on the roster six weeks ago. A guy that was broken out from prison, essentially from the Detroit Lions. The Detroit winless Lions thought Brashad Perriman wasn't good enough to play for them anymore because they're not going anywhere anyway. They put him on the waiver wire. He's available. And actually, I think it was the Minnesota Vikings that picked him up and put him on their practice squad. The Bucs said, no, no, no. We want him on the active roster and went and got the receiver who had been here in 2019 with his coaching staff. They knew what he could do. And man, man, did he do it. Did he deliver? Taking off for the game-winning score. By the way, Buccaneer fans, in the 33-27 Sunday night win over the Bills, that is the first time ever at home, ever, in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, the 46th season, that the Bucs have won a game at home with a walk-off overtime touchdown. They have only won one other game on a walk-off touchdown in their history, and that was a road game. And you know what? I'm going to do the tease thing on the podcast. Stay tuned on the podcast. I will deliver on when was the other walk-off touchdown. Don't Google it right now while you're listening to the podcast, but you would be able to find it. There is one other occasion, but that was history. History for a lot of reasons in that game. How many more records is Tom Brady going to break? 57? 93? I mean, it's just one after another after another. Most completions... In an NFL career, first guy to 700 touchdowns, regular season and postseason combined, throwing the football, just on and on. 13th year with 3,000 yards passing. That's only one behind Peyton Manning. Um, if he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to play again next year, and I would not, I would not uh, bet against him throwing for 3,000 yards again next year to match Peyton Manning who has 14 all-time. Just uh, amazing to watch all of this week in and week out. And I had the belief, I had the belief in overtime when they stopped the Bills, this team's going down to win the game. Somehow, someway, even with 94 yards to pay dirt to the end zone and probably having to go about 60, 65 yards to get into field goal range for Ryan Suckup, I still believed Tom Brady's going to make it happen here in sudden death overtime the greatest of all time and there it was again with the game on the line so we've got much to get to we're going to get to the highlights all the important plays all of the excitement and there certainly was a ton of that there's no doubt um we'll also get to the post-game interviews you'll hear from coach bruce arians on our on our hooters post-game show you will hear from brashad perriman the hero with the game-winning touchdown off of our late-night Sunday conversation with him. You'll hear from Tom Brady in the aftermath. We'll even squeeze in our conversation with Chris Godwin. My Lord, how many big plays has Chris Godwin made, not only through his career, through this season, and through the last two weeks. 25 catches the last two games for number 14, Chris Godwin. How ridiculous has he been uh, it's it's just staggering the weapons that the Buccaneers have. Good luck week in and week out with who you want to stop. And give this team credit. As, as much as we credit Buffalo for getting off the canvas, I love the boxing analogies. I, I use them all the time. I was saying it on Buccaneers Radio with Gene and Dave last night. I mean, the Bills were down, and the count was eight. The count was nine. I mean, you're down 30. You're down 24-3 on the verge of being down 31-3 if the Bucs can do something with the ball late in the first half or midway through the third quarter. The count is 10. It's a knockout. The game is over. If they're down 31-3, done, finished. I I know they have the heroic wild-card playoff win over the Houston Oilers at home when it was 35-3. There was was no Frank Reich 
uh, to save them to Andre Reed and to Don Beebe and, and Warren Moon and the bad uh, Houston Oilers run and shoot, not able to run the clock as the game went on in that playoff game back in 1992. Gosh, it seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, that Buffalo came back from 32 down. It was not going to be anything like that at Raymond James Stadium. But fortunately for them, at 24-3, you can still get back in the game with a touchdown in the third period, which they did, and they kept getting defensive stops as the game went on. So many different situations and subplots. So much to get to, and let's do it in highlight form with some interviews and much more. Uh, We began on this Sunday with the fact that the Bills came in for the first time in eight years, first time since 2013. The Buccaneers, they've played the Buffalo Bills the fewest times of any opponent in franchise history. Uh, Coming in for this one now is, uh, what is it, this was the 11th meeting all time. First one at home since 2013, first one since the Bills defeated the Bucs. In the 2017 season, uh, back in Buffalo, in, a, in what was a last-second win in that game, Buffalo got a last-second um, field goal, I believe, to take the lead. The Buccaneers needed a field goal to try to tie uh, late in the game, and it turns out that Adam Humphreys got stripped on a catch uh, by Tredavious White in that game four years ago. So Buffalo won an exciting, dramatic game at home four years ago, for what it's worth. Payback for the Buccaneers on Sunday night, December the 12th, to get the overtime win as they did. So the game began with the Buccaneers making a defensive play against Josh Allen uh, for the the outstanding quarterback for the Bills, and he was under pressure throughout the first half, including right here. Second down, 10 from the 28. Now Allen changes the play. Crowd gets very loud. At Raymond James Stadium, the snap, a good one. Here comes pressure out. Hey, Josh Allen. Oh, he's put around. He's sacked at the 17-yard line. Boy, everybody got a piece of it. I think Joe Tryon, your Incan, got to him first. Maybe Shaq Barrett, one of those two. These are the calls of Mean Gene, Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, and I'm on the broadcast as well on Buccaneers Radio. As Shaq Barrett got that sack time and again, they were getting pressure, getting through, getting home, getting the sacks on Josh Allen, and that would eventually lead. We saw Buffalo have so many problems stopping the run against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. Five touchdown day for Jonathan Taylor uh, back a few weeks ago. Then on Monday night, just a week ago now as I'm releasing this podcast uh, here on Nothing But Bucks, it, it was the New England Patriots running all over the Buffalo Bills to the tune of over 250 yards in the game. And the Buccaneers decided, hey, we're going to probe the Buffalo Bills and see, can you stop this? And here's what happened midway through the first. First down 10 from the 48. Play hand off to Fournette. Rides a hole, gets a block to the 30. Outside the numbers to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the 5. 3-2-1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Playoff, Lenny. Does it again. Leonard Fournette's longest touchdown run as a Buccaneer, the longest run of the season as he races into the end zone actually was running right right by me on the on the near sideline sideline right for the buccaneers um man uh, and then the crowd erupts fournette in the end zone and the buccaneers have the momentum that they would want you talk about him coming on strong he absolutely is coming on strong uh and so the buccaneers continue to have success throughout the first half you're going to hear this on the highlights and the theme including including how about Tom Brady not once not twice but three times with his legs making plays shotgun set first down snap dropping to throw Brady steps on he's gonna run Brady to the 30 Brady to the 35 Brady slides and is safe at home at the 39 yard line that's a 12 yard run on the same drive Brady had three different runs for first downs as it turns out Uh, And then uh, Brady goes to the air here looking for the guy that has become his most trusted target, uh, his bud. Whenever he needs a clutch throw, a clutch moment, he's going to Rob Gronkowski, whether it was with the Patriots for so many years or now the last two years in Tampa Bay. Here it was again for a little Gronk history. First and 10, bucks to throw. Brady dumps the ball. Caught ball by Gronk at the 47-yard line. He's close to another Buccaneer first down. Gronk's first catch of the game. And he ran a little return route, which means he started to go across, slammed on the brakes, went back out, and number 21, Poyer, the safety's covering him man-to-man, and he was able to drag him and pick up nine yards. And with that catch, 
His 600th career reception, the 10th tight end in NFL history to reach 600 grabs in a career. As I said, how many more uh, moments, uh, highlights, records are we going to see? That's 600 catches for Rob Gronkowski. Kudos to him as he was playing an important factor. So the Buccaneers would end up getting a field goal on their long drive to lead at 10-0. Buffalo would retaliate. They put a drive together. The Bucs played bend but don't break. And they gave up a field goal 10-3 at this point. Uh, and then uh, once again, Tom Brady uh, finding Chris Godwin, who you're going to hear from later on in this podcast, time and again, big play, big pass, third down, clutch situation is going to this guy. Brady takes the snap, play action fake, drops to throw, looks up field, looks up field, throws the ball downfield, diving catch at the 45, to the 47, to the 48-yard line. Chris Godwin reaches 1,000 yards with that catch. He needed three, and boy, oh boy, he got 30-plus. Second time in his career that Chris Godwin's come up with a 1,000-yard receiving season. season, still four games to go. Sixth Buccaneer ever to go over 1,000 yards in a single season. And that would eventually lead to this, down inside the red zone where the Buccaneers had failed to score earlier in the game and kicked the field goal. They now have a third and goal play, looking to extend the lead. It's third down and five. Bernard swings in motion, trip receivers to the left. Brady looks that way, looks that way, goes that way. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Great grab by Evans, his 11th of the year. Love Mean Gene Deckerhoff on the calls as uh, Mike Evans leaped and made that catch that was right in front of me, sideline left, down by the goal line. There are not a lot of receivers in the NFL that can go up that high with that catch radius over the defender. Brady put it uh, like a bullet, right, where Mike Evans could be the only one to catch it up high. Uh, And as we joked on the air, and I'll say it here on the podcast, we're looking forward to the Monday night segment, You Got Moss, with Randy Moss on ESPN and Monday Night Football in the pregame coverage where they show highlight after highlight in the NFL, college, even high school, of receivers outleaping defenders and making the play that Randy Moss always seemed to make for the Minnesota Vikings, save for a few times when he played Tony Dungy and John Gruden's Buccaneer defenses. He didn't always make those plays, but... The You Got Moss segment, that's going to have Mike Evans leaping up and making that catch in the end zone. Incredible. In, I don't know that there's a better receiver in the NFL going up to get the football than Mike Evans. You can maybe argue Devontae Adams at his size with Green Bay is comparable. Uh, I know DeAndre Hopkins, who's not quite as tall, not quite as long-armed, he goes up and he makes plays for the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm probably leaving somebody else out that can go make uh, plays on it, but Mike does it regularly. You're not going to outfight this guy for the football. And so at that point, you've got the cushion at uh, at 17-3, and the Bucks continue to pour on the pass rush. First down 10, Bills at their 40. Dropping to throw pressure, coming, sack made by Devin White. Boy, take him to lunch tomorrow and let him by. Devin White gets that sack. Mean Gene uh, on the calls here on Buccaneers Radio, and the Bucs are just feeling themselves at this point. Uh, And then uh, more records for Tom Brady, uh, including chasing Drew Brees and the all-time career completions record. Let's have that one fall against the Buffalo Bills. Long count, Brady. Out of the gun, takes the snap, and here comes a blitz. It's picked up nice. Pass toward the end zone. It is a caught ball. Inbounds at the two-yard line. Great catch by Mike Evans. A little rainbow, if you will. It's incredible. He's got the most yards. He's got the most touchdown passes. He's got the most completions. All of those records. We thought when Dan Marino had them, they were going to last for a long time. But now Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Brett Favre have all had them at different times, all these records. And Tom Brady keeps smashing them. And then eventually, uh, the Bucks would move inside the red zone, tried to get it in on a handoff to Leonard Fournette, did not. And then Tom Brady says, you know what? Uh, QB1 is going to QB sneak. Brady from the one, quarterback, keeper. Did Brady get it in? He did. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Second and third effort uh, from the GOAT, from the greatest of all time to get in the end zone. And really, you're looking now, late in the first half, at the the possible knockout. You hate to say it with a whole half to go, but Buffalo is reeling. They're down 24-3 with Suckup's extra point. The Buccaneer defense is frothing at this point. 
Raymond James Stadium crowd is loud, and then Josh Allen is forced into a mistake I hear late in the first half. First down five from the 40. Moving left to right. Here's the snap. We run a little stunt. Get to Allen. Pressure out of the pocket. Gets away. Throws it up for grabs. It's intercepted at the 45-yard line. Bad decision by Josh Allen. Big-time pressure and a big-time pick. Welcome back, Richard Sherman, playing some nickel corner, playing some safety. Again, the Bucks have injuries to Jordan Whitehead, who couldn't play at safety. Injury to Jamel Dean as the game was going on. He was not feeling well. He was ill. So Sherman was forced into duty. He gets the interception. And this was really a key part of allowing Buffalo to still hang around on the fringe of the game. Because when the Bucks got that interception with a minute to go in the first half, you've got a chance at that point to go get seven more and be up 31-3 and the game is done. I don't care what Buffalo's going to try to do in the second half. I know you never say never, but I mean, they were not going to come back on the Buccaneer defense at 31-3. They took everything they had to come back from down 24-3 in the second half. A 28-point deficit would have been over, but the Bucs could not get a first down, could not run the clock out, had to punt, then eventually stopped the Bills and forced the Bills to punt, so now it's halftime. I said to Coach Bruce Arians at 24-3, what are you saying to this team at halftime on our on our Buccaneers radio interview? And he said, hey, it's nothing, nothing. We're coming out in the second half, nothing, nothing. Keep playing, outplay them. And that would be prophetic as it turned out because uh, the, the Bills uh, had a lot of fight in them as this game went on. The, the Bills actually had the ball first to start the second half, couldn't get the first down, couldn't get it on third and short, then tried a fake punt and couldn't get it. And this was another critical part of the game where the Buccaneers could have really, again, shoulda, coulda, woulda, broken it open. At 24-3, you stop the fake punt. You have the best field position of the game up near midfield. Go get a touchdown. You demoralize and basically crush the spirit of the Bills at that point if you go make the game 31-3. But they couldn't move the ball. They had to punt, and that allowed Buffalo some life, some momentum. And Josh Allen began to make a couple of plays with his legs, got a couple of throws, and then eventually Allen, again with his wheels, got them on the board. McKenzie is a running back, and he lines up on the right hip of the quarterback. Allen's going to run the ball. He breaks a tackle inside the 15 of the 10-5. Touchdown, Buffalo Bills. It's Josh Allen. 18-yard touchdown run officially, and Buffalo did have life, and you heard their fans making noise on that touchdown. Bills probably had... 10,000 may have had as much as 15,000 clad in blue and red all over the stadium. We've seen that before from other fan bases that have been able to invade, and it happens. Bill's Mafia travels all over the place. I mean, they had 10,000 people in the Superdome uh, back on Thanksgiving night. They travel all over the place where they get their hands on tickets. So in the second half, they're now making some noise, and then the Buccaneers go on a drive after that. Time-consuming drive. Uh, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, they moved the ball into scoring range and had a fourth down themselves. Couldn't get it on third down with Brady throwing incomplete. Now on fourth down, uh, a decision to make. The Bucks look like they might go for it at first and then elect to call a timeout. And I think Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, everybody, they're, they're just thinking, hey, put the game back to a 17-point margin. Then two touchdowns and two two-point conversions can't tie you. They're going to have to score two touchdowns at least and or kick a field goal to have any chance here to come back. Put it on your defense late in the game. So Ryan Suckup kicked the field goal to make the game 27-10. And again, you just you can't say enough about Josh Allen, who was valiant, who was Running around making plays, got a couple of passes to Stephon Diggs, got another pass uh, to Cole Beasley, and then eventually the Bills move into scoring range here, and it's Allen again in the red zone. Allen shotgun look from the Buccaneer 15 moving left. We lead 17, the snap a little low. Allen's pass toward the end zone, caught, touchdown! Touchdown, Buffalo Bills! The tight end, Dawson Knox! The only active tight end on the roster, and Allen found him wide open. That's a 15-yard touchdown to Dawson Knox, the outstanding tight end. And you could sense right now the Buccaneers were back on their heels a bit, and the, the Bills with their body language, their attitude, they got another stop and got the ball back. And now, uh, and now Buffalo came to life again with Allen driving them in the fourth quarter in the final five minutes 
trying to get them another touchdown down 27-17. That's exactly what they did. His touchdown on third and goal to Gabe Davis. They spread everybody out to the right, got one-on-one coverage to the left. Davis beat Carlton Davis to the inside. Credit Josh Allen for the throw, and it's now 27-24. Buccaneer lead trimmed. What was a 21-point lead is now down to three. And if, if you didn't think that Buffalo was in the game before, they were definitely in the game now with time still left on the clock. All right, then came, you know, there's a, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of big plays at the end. Then came some critical calls and officiating. Uh, I know I know there are Bills fans that are upset uh, about some of the calls, et cetera, but I'm going to go over a couple of things. First of all, the Buccaneers have a chance to extend a drive, and there's a holding flag thrown on Buffalo. There's also a holding flag thrown on the Buccaneers that's going to be offsetting penalties. So it nullifies the first down where the Bucs are going to try to kill the clock. The Bills are trying to use timeouts. The key thing is a miss by the officiating crew where the Bills defensive end uh, whacked Tom Brady with an arm coming across his helmet, which is supposed to be an automatic 15 yards. They are doing this as a point of emphasis with the quarterbacks and have for the last three seasons. And I don't care what Bills fan, what Bills media member, what Bills broadcaster wants to say, oh, it's a ticky-tack call. They've been calling the ticky-tack calls on hitting the quarterback in the head, even if you graze him, on the helmet or on the face mask, for the last three years. And clearly, the Buffalo defender hits Tom Brady on the side of the helmet and the face mask, and he comes over to Scott Novak, we're naming his name, the referee, who's supposed to be watching that very thing. He froze. He blew it. He didn't see it. He missed it. That is supposed to be a 15-yard penalty that would have trumped the offsetting calls, would have been an automatic first down. The Bucks would have been at midfield, milking the clock with the, with the Bills down to one timeout left and the two-minute warning, and would have basically been one first down away from kneeling on the ball and ending the game. So anything else that happened after that play, that play should have been an automatic 15. Automatic 15, but it was not. Instead, the Bills got the ball back. They moved the ball back into position to score and win the game. They converted, actually, on a fourth down late in the game to get themselves into scoring range. The concern now was they're going to get in the end zone again and take the lead in the final half minute. I mean, we saw this with the Washington football team scoring late. We've seen other situations where teams don't just go for the field goal. They go for the seven and the win, especially on the road. And the end result here is the Bucks came up with a couple of stops. I know the Bills fans are complaining because they thought on the third down play that Carlton Davis may have interfered with Stephon Diggs. I was right there, folks. I'm standing on about the three-yard line watching that play unfold in the left corner of the end zone. There's hand fighting by both guys. Carlton Davis's head is turned around for the ball. That'll be important in a moment on the, on the play in overtime. Uh, Carlton Davis has got a right to the ball if his head's around for the ball. They're both hand fighting. He didn't grab Stefan Diggs. He didn't grab Stefan Diggs' arm. So again, I would push back on the pushing and shoving that it's pushing and shoving from both of them trying to make a play in that instance. So I know Bill's fan wants to bellyache, but fine, uh, bellyache away. All right, so they kick a field goal, and now we go to overtime. Tyler Bass's field goal incredibly ties it for Buffalo. A 17-point fourth-quarter comeback with a Buccaneer defense looking winded, looking fatigued, and now we go to overtime. And it's not complete sudden death, it's modified sudden death overtime where both teams are going to possess the ball unless there's a touchdown on the opening possession by one of the teams. So Buffalo got the coin toss, got the ball first, and here again for all of the talk about officials or calls or breaks or whatever, Buffalo's got the ball with a chance to go win the game with a touchdown. A field goal would have only given them the lead and the Bucks would have still had a chance, but a touchdown wins the game if they can go get it. And instead, it's a three and out. The Buccaneers did a great job getting stops on second down and third down. Todd Bowles dialing up the pressures. And then the Bills are forced to punt it away. And Matt Hawk, their punter, kicked a great punt, pinning the Buccaneers down inside the 10-yard line in overtime. Now the Buccaneers are in a position where if they go get a field goal, the game is over. Next score of any kind wins the game. And a key moment is the handoff to Leonard Fournette, a third and short with a handoff to Fournette at, at about the 15, trying to get to the 16-yard line, up to the up to the uh, Buccaneers' own 16. 
And I thought live that Fournette got to the 16-yard line. I had a great vantage point right on the line of scrimmage looking across. They reviewed it. There was nothing on the review. I saw his upper body on the replays, including the reverse angle replay. And it it looks again like his upper body and the ball are right there at the six at the 16-yard line. You, you clearly cannot see that he didn't get there. So you've got to stand with the call on the field. And so again, I know there's belly aching from the Bills fans and the media, but the policies are there to take a look at it. It's a booth review, automatically in overtime. No coaches challenges, a booth review. And there was, there's not a conclusive replay that shows he didn't get there. there. There's plenty to show that his shoulders, his head, and what looks like the ball are at the 16 in the middle of the line of scrimmage. And so the call stands, and it's a first down. And then the Buccaneers uh, move the ball out of their own territory on the long pass to Mike Evans. The interference is called on. Again, a Buffalo fan might want to complain, but that is an elite receiver, the number one receiver on the Buccaneers team on the defending Super Bowl champs at home. Bill fan, you ain't getting that call. The Buccaneers are getting that call at home as the defending champs. That's how it works with home cooking. So Evans drew the flag. Now you've got the ball near midfield. And again, Buffalo's still got a chance to stop the Buccaneers and get the ball back, keep them from getting the field goal. And it's second down and they can't get it. And now it's third down. And here comes the moment that we've been leading up to in sudden death overtime. Enjoy Mean Gene on the call. Bucks need three yards to hang on to the ball in overtime. We're not at a 27-27. The Bucks need to reach the 45-yard line from the 42. Godwin wide to the left. Evans wide to the right. Shotgun look with Fournette on the right hip of Brady. Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Pot ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. Perriman. 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 Incredible. And that's the first time ever at home a walk-off overtime touchdown. 58 yards officially. Brashad Perriman's first touchdown catch of the season is a game-winning overtime catch in game number 13 for the win to put the Bucks at 10-3. and three. Great job uh, on the catch and run. And you'll hear Perriman talk more about the play here in a couple of moments. But a great job to get away from the defender and then make sure, go get in the end zone. Don't leave any doubt to a field goal or not. Just go get in the end zone and end it. I can tell you being down there at field level, it was so loud with the roar, folks, I could no longer hear Gene and Dave in my ears. That's how crazy you were if you were inside of Raymond James Stadium. And I don't know how it translated on TV and all across on the Internet and everybody watching on the NFL uh, mobile app, whatever. It erupted. That That is as loud as Raymond James Stadium has been in that fourth quarter and that overtime with Buck fans going crazy, maybe in five years. I mean, certainly there have not been a lot of playoff wins with a full house to compare it to recently. Obviously, the Super Bowl win is in front of 25,000 people. Last year was not roaring the same way. You're making noise. That roar, I'm sure they could have heard it in my uh, home in Lutz, they could have heard it out in Riverview. They could have heard it over in Clearwater. They could have maybe even heard it out in Polk County in Lakeland. That roar when Perriman scored. Congratulations to him. You'll hear from him in a couple of moments. And congratulations to the Bucks. That is the first walk-off touchdown. Here's the payoff on the trivia question. Since Dallas Clark caught the game-winning touchdown in overtime against Carolina. And in the words of Howard Cosell, I remember... Because I was there as well. That was 2012 in Carolina, in the cold. A great comeback. Josh Freeman, the quarterback, found the late Vincent Jackson with a great touchdown catch. They got the two-point conversion as well. They got the toss in overtime. And just like I was talking about, on the road, in over to drive right down and get a touchdown and end the game. Off the modified sudden death, that's what the Bucks did that day in Charlotte with Dallas Clark catching the game-winning touchdown pass. That was right in front of me. Now, the Perriman touchdown was the opposite end of the field, so I had a good vantage point of Brady making the completion at midfield and Perriman taking off. Then I got coaches and players jumping up and down, doing histrionics, gym gymnastics, going crazy. I'm looking at the video board trying to see Perriman to make sure he gets in, and he did, and the place erupted. So that's, I mean, history all over the place. That's the first time ever at home in 46 years you've won the game with a touchdown in overtime. First overtime win since 2018 when you beat Cleveland on a field goal in overtime at 21-18. 
Just amazing. Amazing to watch all of this unfold on Sunday. And when it was done, we went inside the locker room to our Hooters postgame show and talked with the head coach, Bruce Arians, about a dramatic 33-27 victory over the Bills, which puts the Buccaneers on the cusp of the playoffs and much more. Dramatic win for the Bucks in overtime, 33-27, and the head coach is with us, man. All right, let's begin with the end. How did your team pull this off in overtime? A oh, great stop defensively, and uh, you know we should have fielded that punt. I didn't like the fact that we let it hit the ground, but it was a great drive for a touchdown. I don't know how it was, 90, whatever it was, and uh, great play at the end. We converted a couple of third downs, and uh, good mix of run and pass. 94 yards officially on the final drive. There are so many big plays at the end of this game. One of them is Leonard Fournette in the overtime fighting for the extra six inches, maybe a foot to get the first down when you're deep in your own territory. Just speak more to that if you would. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great run by Lenny. I don't know what took so long on the, on the instant replay, but uh, uh, did give everybody a good break right there. The play that everybody in Tampa Bay and really the NFL right now on the internet and everywhere is buzzing about is the 58-yard touchdown to Brashad Perryman. Just describe what you're looking for on that play, and then a guy that wasn't even on the roster till a few weeks ago makes a heroic play, Coach, obviously. Yeah, BP, I mean, we, we know he has great, great speed, but you can, you can have speed across the field as much as you can vertically down the speed field. And uh, just outran his guy across the field. Tom put a beautiful ball out in front of him. He just outran him for the touchdown. You got to give Buffalo a lot of credit, do you not? I mean, they they played well in the fourth quarter. What were they doing to get back in this game? Uh, Josh Allen did a hell of a job of those quarterback runs, and then just continued to, to hit guys. Our, our pass rush got a little tired, I thought, and uh, he made a lot of plays. What if anything was being said once they won the toss? You knew you were on defense. What if anything was being said to the defense to try to get an opportunity to win the game? Get off the field, whatever it takes. Get off the field, and that is exactly what this team did. Uh, Leonard Fournette, all the way back at the beginning of the game, had a 47-yard touchdown run, finished with 119 yards in the game. How important was it to establish him as this game went on? Big. It was really big, and that, that was a great block play. I mean, he really, he just had to miss, make one guy miss, and everybody else was blocked. And uh, Donovan made a hell of a block on it also, so it was a really well-blocked play. I never get tired of asking you this. Tom Brady, 31 of 46, 363 more yards as it ends up in the game-winning touchdown. I know you haven't seen coaches film, but what did you see out of your quarterback who, again, completed around 70% of his passes and threw for over 350 yards today? Yeah, I thought he had a great first half. I thought second half we were very, very iffy and, uh, and kind of let him back in. We didn't convert our third downs. And, uh, you know, we had, some, we had some plays to make. We didn't make them. But uh, overall, you know, Tom's terrific. We know what, what he's going to do. And when he hit the ball in overtime, uh, I knew we were good points. For this team, now, this is four wins in a row, and, and yes, you had to get it in overtime, but what does this do for the confidence level down the stretch now to win a game uh, like this against a team that's likely coach a playoff team in the AFC? We'll see. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I think Buffalo is one of the best teams in the AFC, and, uh, you know, they give them credit, man. They, they had a hell of a comeback. Was, we, we finished a little bit better, and, uh, you know, it gives our, our guys a ton of credit and uh, confidence and going on to the next one. And now that next one will be against the Saints in a Sunday night game where you will have a chance to wrap up the division. I know you're anxious to get a rematch with those guys coming this week, right? Yeah, and it's always it's always a tough physical battle, you know, and uh, hopefully we'll get everybody back and, and ready to roll for this game. And for the Buccaneer fans that are listening, there were a bunch of them in the stadium. There's a bunch of them in their cars and traffic when this is over. Any message for them off a heart-stopping overtime win? Great crowd, man. You guys did a hell of a job. <laughs> uh, Buffalo had a bunch of fans, but... Uh, you drowned them out and, and gave our guys a bunch of energy. Thank you. Yes, credit to the Buccaneer fans. Great to watch it all unfold and the Buccaneers cheering and the Bills fans who had been roaring and cheering that were in the stadium left Tampa once again unhappy. You know, it hasn't worked out real well for the Bills fans ever since wide right with Scott Norwood at Old Tampa Stadium in the Super Bowl, right? Painful memories for my Bills brethren, sister and their fans and Bills Mafia. And the Bucks now improve to uh, what seven and two all time now eight and two all time at home in the series and uh, and get yet another win at the expense of the Buffalo Bills let's hear now on our Hooters postgame show from the hero Brashad Perriman who has just come to the roster in the middle of the season and man oh man are the Buccaneers and their fans glad that he did Let's begin with the end. You caught the ball from Tom Brady and then did the rest. Describe what you did and did after the catch, if you would. Um, yeah, it was, it was basically a, a, a mesh 
the play was like a mess route. Me and Mike were supposed to, I was actually supposed to pick for Mike Evans. And um, it just so happened that uh, Mike ended up picking for me. So I ended up getting the ball. <laughs> and then from that point on, you know, uh, I kind of peeked at a jumbo trying to see where um, the person behind me was. And after that, I just I just put the, put the gas on, step on the gas. You know, in those moments, I wonder too, did everything get quiet? I mean, the crowd was going berserk. What is that like? You're in the open field, it's in overtime. Did everything get quiet or what do you remember about running towards the end zone? Man, all I could think about was like, I, I didn't really hear any fans for the most part. You know, you kind of locked in. All I could think about was myself like, go, go, go. Like, you can't get caught. And yeah. There were about 65,000 or maybe or maybe about 58,000 Buck fans in the stadium and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, going go, go, go at the same time, too, for you to get in. Uh, what a story. You were here on this team with this coaching staff. Then you went to New York as a free agent. Then you went to Detroit, and now they've released you. And so now you're wondering, when am I going to get another opportunity? And the phone rings, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What, what is this like to be back? I see the smile, Rashad. Man, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's really a blessing, man. You got to give all the glory to God for sure. Uh, you know, just just uh, this year has been a little challenging. It started off a little rough, but um, never really questioned God's plan. And when I got that call from the Bucs, it, it made my year for them. You know, this, this, this is like home, so it feels so good. Uh, there are so many weapons on this team. What is it like to be in that receiving room with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin, with Tyler Johnson, on and on down the list? What is that like? Oh man, it's I can't even really explain it. It's crazy. Like you, you in a room with with people that bring like different things to the to the table, and they all are ballers. Like those are my brothers, man. Uh, you every day, like you learning something new. You seeing how these guys work, put in the work day in and day out, on the field, off the field. It's it's it's, it's just crazy. A couple more for you. Tom Brady, you're back now and you're playing with the greatest of all time. And he showed it again here today. What has that been like, not just with what we see on Sunday, but the meeting room, the practice field? What what is that part like being around T B twelve? Oh man, it's it's for a receiver, well for any really for any player, it's a dream come true. Like just to see, not even like you said, not even on Sundays, but his preparation, his mindset, uh, how specific and detail oriented he is, it's 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 absolutely crazy, man. It's, and you know, you gotta if you you know get the chance to to play with the goat, you gotta thank God because that's once in a lifetime opportunity. Unreal. Where is the football, and where will the football end up? Who's gonna is gonna end up in your house? Where's the football gonna go that you win hope, an overtime game? No, I hope that's I hope Tom has it. That's my cause Tom. That's his 700 court, uh, touchdown. So okay, I hope he has it. I don't, is there a negotiation maybe in progress for the football? Tom might get that one, but yeah, that's. Uh, that's something else uh, with what he's been able to do. And, and one more, this team now four straight wins. I know you've come in the middle of the season, but this team with four straight wins, what kind of confidence level for the stretch run here with four to go and looking right at the postseason in January, Brashad? Oh, man, it just bring, it bring tremendous confidence. Uh, you know, we, we really just try to take it week, week to week and, you know, just win one game at a time. But uh, it definitely gives you a, a, a head full of confidence going to the next game. I'm not sure if you're going to have to buy a meal anytime soon in Tampa Bay. Dinner is on the Buck fans after Brashad Perriman's 58-yard overtime touchdown. Thank you for stopping for us. I know you've done a lot of media after the game. Thank you for coming on Buccaneers Radio. We appreciate it. Thank you. How about that here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast? Perriman revealing that he was not even supposed to be the option on that play. It was supposed to be a rub in the middle of the field to get Mike Evans free on the third down play. Instead, Evans gets caught up with the defenders, and it's a rub for Perriman going the other way. And Brady is patient, finds him, and wow, does the rest with his wheels. 58 yards with 5 minutes and 21 seconds left in overtime. Incredible. Incredible drama. And the Buccaneers now have four wins in a row. Speaking of Tom Brady, breaking more records. Uh, once again, finding a way to get this team in the end zone when it matters the most. The win is the most important thing. Here was the Bucks QB later on Sunday night with the media. Describe the play. I mean, Brashard Perryman hasn't been here that long, obviously. He's got explosive speed. Like He said it was supposed to be a rubber out the mic and ended up going to him. Just take us through that. Yeah, we had a crosser called and they, they kind of, you know, jumped Mike going across the field and um, left BP back there and I just kind of picked him out, out of the corner of my eye and got it to him. He made a great catch and run. So 
he's got great speed. And uh, once I saw him in the open field, I was going to go, BP, run. And uh, he did. But our defense did a great job there at the end of the, uh, end of the game, holding him to a field goal, and then got him off the field there to start overtime and gave us a chance. And we made a couple plays, but we all know we could play a lot better than that. Tom, congratulations on the 700th uh, touchdown pass. Uh, BP says there's no negotiation, I guess, on this ball. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so uh, yeah, BP gets will get something nice too. So um, I don't know where it went. I gotta look for it. You said a big reason you continue to play isn't so much about you, but it's for the guys around you. Yeah. And being able to set them and their families up for the future. Rashad yeah. Perryman was cut by two different teams, and and for him to go out there today, I mean, that was like what his shirt said. It was beyond his wildest dreams to have a moment like that. What's yeah. it like for you being able to to be part of that and see a guy like him have that moment? It's awesome. It's awesome because, uh, you know, everybody contributes when we win and when, certainly when we lose too. We win as a team, we lose as a team. And BP, we just added him here three, four weeks ago. And he had a really good role here a few years ago. And, um, you know, just trying to get him to get up to speed with what we're doing, but provides a lot of depth at receiver. And we have depth at receiver. Um, but, you know, he, he made a, he made just a, you know, a huge, huge, huge play for us. So great to see Mike play great, Chris play great. We had a lot of balls that were just, you know, we, you know, we should hit the ones that we had there tonight. But um, it was a good defense. They really, you know, really solid defense. One of the best defenses in the league. So glad we were able to play really competitive game. And it came down to just a couple of plays in overtime. Tom, your counterpart on the other side had a heck of a game, brought his team back. Yep. What were your observations on Josh Allen today? Yeah, he's a great player. He's been kind of playing a really unique style, part quarterback, mostly quarterback, but he's got that running ability and they give him a lot of quarterback runs and he does a great job with it. He's got, you know, he's a real threat back there. So um, it's very tough to defend. Our defense, I thought, did a great job there. And we, they got us the ball in some short fields on the Sherm's turnover. We got the ball on the fake punt, but just didn't do anything with it. Talk about your own scramble there. Uh, head coach Rosanne was saying like, that's enough. Like we don't need him running anymore. I know. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, it's been pretty unlike me for a long time, but yeah, I, I kind of like getting out of there and uh, making a couple plays. So I, one was a second, the first, second down play, there was a third down play. Um, but yeah, I'd much rather hand it to the running backs. Let me just say that or throw it to the guys who have much more talent with the ball in their hands than I do. Second overtime touchdown pass of your NFL career. First one since Troy Brown in 03. Just, just what that oh, thrill yeah. is like. Yeah. Just, just, there's right. not, it's the closest thing football has to a walk-off. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think. Have I, has that ever happened before? That's right. That was in Miami, too. So, yeah, that was a um, – it's pretty rare, you know. It was, it was pretty uh, – but it was very cool. It was very cool. I'd much rather not have it come down to that. But in the end, they all count the same, you know. And uh, we got to learn from it, and we got to move on. And, and obviously, we're playing for, you know, a, a – Division championship next week, which is pretty exciting for all of us. Tom, did that feel like a playoff game out there? What does it mean to have a game like that underneath your belt where you're able to find a way to win in the end? Yeah, we needed to find a way because we kind of let them back in there with some bunch of plays that, you know, were kind of routine plays for us. So, you know, it's, again, like execution is when it's good, it's, we're tough to stop. And when it's not good, you know, we're, they don't have to do much. And, uh, you know, we had some plays there that were just too easy to make and we didn't make them, but. You know, in the end, we made up place to win, which is that that'll feel good tonight and tomorrow. His mentality is the next game is the most important game. And this game with the Bills was very important because now the Buccaneers on the cusp of clinching the NFC South in the playoffs. Four game win streak, 10 and three record Saints coming in on Sunday night. Well, it would be sweet on Sunday night football to win the South, clinch the playoffs by beating a nemesis, a rival like the New Orleans Saints. More on that in a second. Another guy that has played fantastic. Back to our conversations on the Hooters postgame show, Chris Godwin. I, I don't care if they end up recognizing him on the Pro Bowl or not. We're recognizing him here, I think, all over ESPN, Fox, the NFL Network, even CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo had to be talking about Chris Godwin, the most, arguably the most complete receiver in the league. Physical, run-blocking, tough catches, spectacular catches, even has some breakaway speed. Chris Godwin has 25 catches the last two weeks. We spoke again with him Sunday night after the win over the Bills. All right, I'm going to joke with you. Had him all the way. Yeah. Good gracious. Yeah. What a football game. What does it say for this team to pull it out? Uh, honestly, man, I, I think it just speaks to our resilience. 
You know, we got a lot of veteran guys in here, a lot of guys that have played in a lot of tough games. Um, and this one was uh, was no different. You know, they, they really challenged us. Um, they pushed in the second half. It's a good football team, you know, but we, well, we found a way. Uh, let's get right to the end. I mean, you guys had to get out of your own inside 10-yard line from the six. You get a couple of first downs. And then uh, the play to Brashad Perryman, who breaks free. Tell me, what was the call, and what did you see on that play? Man, uh, you know, he, he, he made a, a, a tremendous play, man. You know, uh, we, we had like a little, he ran a little shallow route. Um, I had out route on the other side, and so like when I came out of my route, looked for the ball, then I see Tom had threw it to him. And then, um, you know, from that point, honestly, it felt like a movie to me. You know, I watched him catch the ball, and then he, he's kind of like swatting away at, at their linebacker. And then that guy falls, and like, the lights start kind of flickering. It turns like a little, like a real cinematic effect. And I'm watching, I'm like, man, this is crazy. And then he just takes off, BP's a blazer, you know, and I think he showed it. Yes, he did. Uh, you have 10 more catches today and 25 catches in the last two weeks, which I'm going to go ahead and say without looking, if that's not some kind of Buccaneer record, it <laughs> ought to be for how much you've caught the football the last two weeks. Why have you been having so much success in this offense? Uh, you know, I, I think our coaches do a great job, you know, of, of scheming things up for our guys. Um, you know, I, I think we have so many talented guys that uh, really it, it could be anybody's number on any day, you know, and, and I think that the last two weeks uh, my number has been caught a lot, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, make those plays. Um, left a couple out there, you know, but we're going to fix those and, and make sure that we, that we catch them next time. couple more here for you. Uh, when the Bills put a comeback like that on in the fourth quarter to get this game tied, what, if anything, are you guys saying on the sideline in the huddle out on the field, especially in the overtime now, trying to win the game? Really, uh, we're just sticking together. You know, we understand. Uh, you know, we understand how we got up, and we also understand how we got in the situation where they came back. Um, you know, we 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 got we realized that we had to go back to making plays, stick together, and just continue to fight. You know, it's a long game. You play tough teams, but uh, you know the the tough teams really persevered and try to pull out in the end. With the understanding that this is a regular season game, it is a fourth win in a row, it is a 10th win on the year. What does this do for the confidence level of this team for the stretch run? What do you think? Uh, I think it'll really help that. You know, I think that we got, like I said, we, we, we played a, a, a lot of tough games. And I think that um, as, as we come down this final stretch, we're going to need games like that to really see what kind of football team we have. Um, you know, it's, it's the real tight games where things don't always go your way, you know, versus a good team that, you know, you find out who you are. And I, I think we found out that we got a lot, of, a lot of tough guys in this locker room. I always love you stopping for us. Thank you. I'm observing. Are those like holiday shoelaces, too, for the Buck fans? They can't see it, but it looks like you got some red and green and tinsel on the shoelaces on the shoes. You guys gave the Buccaneers an early Christmas present, a Buccaneer fans an early Christmas present, didn't you? Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, but honestly, we're, we're grateful for the fans coming out and supporting. Uh, you know, Ray J was out there, out there rocking, um, and, and it's, a, it, it's an awesome feeling. You know, going out to the tunnel, making big plays, having a walk-off touchdown, having our, our fans on our back. It's awesome. Indeed. Can't say enough about that guy and what he means to the pass offense. So many weapons. We keep saying this on nothing but bucks. Who do you want to double? You want to double Mike Evans? You want to try to double Rob Gronkowski? You're going to leave Godwin open. You want to double Godwin? You're going to leave Gronk open. You can't double everybody in the secondary. You're not going to be able to cover Fournette out of the backfield or Cameron Braid over the middle or Brashad Perryman over the middle or Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller. or who? I mean, who do you want to try to cover? Uh, you can't cover them all with two guys, and Chris Godwin just fantastic. Could have had some other ones. I mean, Tom Brady's going to be the first one to tell you that he missed Godwin a couple of times uh, as that second half unfolded. It would have been, been an even bigger day than the 10-catch, 100-yard game again. And again, Chris, over 1,000 yards for the second time in his career. Congratulations to him. So there you go. There's all the conversations off this win on Sunday night. Can't say enough. I mean, good teams are going to find a way to repeatedly win. Great teams continue to win games against big-time opponents. This team has pulled out a win over the Cowboys, one of the best teams in the NFC. The Patriots have been coming on strong. The Bucs beat them earlier in the year in a close, dramatic game in New England. Buccaneers won a close, dramatic, come-from-behind game in Indianapolis, who's going to end up being a playoff team when it's all said and done. That Buffalo Bill team is now on the fringe of the playoffs, but they've been leading the AFC East. You find a way to dramatically beat them. You don't, you don't accidentally keep winning all of these close games against playoff caliber teams. This is what great teams do, not just good teams. Great teams set themselves up, and the Buccaneers now in prime position to clinch a home playoff game coming this week. And if you keep winning, and I think there's great optimism now about running the table especially with the final three games against Carolina and against the Jets. I know this is me saying this. 
But in looking ahead and projecting, Carolina looks dead in the water. The Jets were awful against the Saints yesterday. They're bad. You have got a great chance to take care of business. Beat the Saints, take care of bad Carolina and bad New York Jets in the final three weeks. You're talking about an eight-game win streak to end the season, and you're probably the number one seed, my lord. A lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to be part of, that is for sure. So the Buccaneers get the win over the Buffalo Bills in dramatic fashion. They're going to ride the high for a day or so and then get back to work to play the Saints. As I mentioned, they played better relative to playing the New York awful Jets in New York. Taysom Hill had a touchdown run in the second half of that game. Alvin Kamara was back. That's important for them. He had 100 yards and a touchdown. You know the Saints defense is going to be good. But you also know that the Buccaneers feel like they owe this team one. Just like in the Superdome back in January in the NFC Divisional round, having lost twice to the Saints, the Bucs owed the Saints one. Right now, they owe the Saints one. In fact, they might owe the Saints about four or five, but you can only take care of one of them right now. Put the nail, put the stake through the Saints' heart Sunday night and end it for a division win. Sunday night football coming here with the Saints having snapped their five-game losing streak. Buccaneers look to keep pace in the NFC playoff race with the Packers who won Sunday. Again, as we release the podcast, we don't know the result of Rams-Cardinals. The Cardinals at the moment with only two losses. You now know that result if you're listening Tuesday or later of this week. Buccaneers could be in a three-way tie if the Cardinals lose come this weekend for the NFC top spot, which is what you want. Just keep winning. Let the rest take care of itself. Be the one seed and have the bye. Only the one seed gets the bye again in the new playoffs. So let's see how it all unfolds. In any event... That will do it for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. Was that any fun to relive this win over the Buffalo Bills? Uh, tremendous performance again by this team when it mattered the, the most. Say what you will about the Bills coming back, and they deserve credit. We can also say the game shouldn't have been that close in the fourth quarter. Buccaneers should have long before put the game away. But in any event, Josh Allen and the Bills deserve credit. But you know who deserves more credit? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because when the game was on the line, they stopped Buffalo from getting in the end zone, forced the field goal for overtime, stopped the Bills at overtime, and won the game in overtime with a touchdown. That's what great teams do. So there you go. My thanks to Jason Berenger from iHeartMedia helping me out with highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Again, however you found us on Nothing But Bucks, make sure that you are here the day after games. We'll be back on Monday after the Sunday night game with the Saints. Day after games, we're here with Nothing But Bucks wherever you get podcasts. Buccaneers mobile app, Apple, Spotify, Buccaneers.com. However you found us, lock it in that we will be here with you the day after games. For now, we are good. Bucks and Saints coming Sunday night. We're on the air at 7 on Buccaneers Radio. Sunday evening, the Buccaneers mobile app. Tune in, Sirius XM. And then it's a showdown with the Saints for a chance to clinch the NFC South, a home playoff game, and much more. Looking for five wins in a row. Let's go. Let's see what happens with these Buccaneers, the record-breaking Tom Brady Buccaneers. We've got that game for you Sunday. We're back after it's done with another edition of Nothing But Bucks. Bye.